You're listening to the Nashville Labrie Conference podcast. In July of 2019, there was a weekend gathering in Nashville with lectures, workshops, conversations, and meals together. The theme of the conference was Being Human in a Fragmenting World. Each episode of this podcast is one of the lectures or workshops from that conference. In order to receive email updates about the podcast, including lecture handouts, articles, and books referenced in the lecture, please subscribe for updates at nashvillelabrieconference.com. This episode features Nikayla Fiore Kais, Sarah Chestnut, and Rob Ludwig. Nikayla and Sarah work at the branch of Labrie in Southboro, and Rob at the one in the Netherlands. They're discussing what if you want to come to Labrie. All right, everybody, I think we'll get started. Um, I was just saying to a few people, I imagine you're feeling fairly saturated after a full day yesterday of um, really good content. And uh, this time, we don't have a, a heavy presentation for you on what if you want to visit Labrie. We wanted to uh, show you our new website. If you haven't already seen the Southboro Labrie website, um, we just had it revamped. We're excited about it. Um, there's a few videos that we thought we would show. Has anyone spent time on this website, by the way, for sharing things that you already have seen? Okay, great. Um, we have a few videos that has kind of broken down the question of, of what's it, what would it be like to visit Labrie in terms of a day at Labrie, a week at Labrie, and then a term at Labrie. And uh, there's no, you know, well, there's a two-night minimum, at least, at our branch, but you don't have to come for a whole term. You could come for a long weekend. The way Dick um, talked about a reconnaissance mission, you would come check it out and see what you think. Um, so we thought we would show that. Um, Rob's here. He can represent the Dutch Libri as well. Uh, and uh, we can uh, try and share what we know about other branches of Libri too, or if you have questions about um, the history of Libri or you know the goings on there now. Um, but that's the basic idea for this time. And um, yeah, just to give you space to, to ask us questions too. Yeah. And so Sarah and I are both from the Southboro branch, and you're going to be. The videos are about the Southboro branch, but it's the coolest branch, so it's it is. Fine. So <laughs> you don't really even need to ask any more questions about the other branches. Um, so what's represented in the videos is is about Southboro Labrie, but I often tell people Labrie has the same DNA but different body. So it does. Different branches look slightly different, but the ideas and the vision and the ethos are all the same. And we so, feel very well represented by the videos, too. They're, you're just talking about Liberty Life. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're all about two and a half minutes, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we'll just yeah, start there, and then we'll have that. questions. Mm-hmm. Our branch is about 30 miles west of Boston, so you would fly in and out of the Boston Logan Airport. Um, and we're on, I think it's about 11 acres of land. <coughs> Every guest who comes to the brain spends half of the day studying. Something that we try to do as uh, staff here is protect that time for people to engage with ideas uh, more deeply, more profoundly than they have time to do anywhere else. We have a 
use the library for the books as well as the database of a couple thousand lectures. And we set up a study program that's sort of tailor-made to each person depending on what their particular questions are. Uh, it's an amazing opportunity to really think through questions that, that one might have um, in, in a way that, that uh, is difficult to do in, in regular life. The other half of the day is spent working. So it's a work crew, both in the morning and in the afternoon. And that has to do with very, very practical needs of the Blue Green Life. So the, the first reason why we ask our students to work is that we need the help. There's meal preparation, so our guests will often help a worker prepare the, the upcoming meal. There's laundry to do, there's uh, cleaning in the house, there's gardening work, there's wood splitting. It's one of the ways that our students are able to tangibly serve the needs of the community, sometimes in a very immediate way, like the next meal, sometimes in a, in a more distant way, like splitting wood that will burn next winter. The work time is really valuable, uh, both because it needs to, to happen, it's also uh, a way to get some distance from all the heavy ideas that we've been thinking about throughout the day. So it's a way of processing. Um, also, a lot of really good conversations happen between guests working alongside each other. And it's, it's, uh, it ends up being quite a redemptive thing for, for many people who come. Two times a day, 11 in the morning, and then again at 4 in the afternoon at the tea time. Uh, totally optional thing, but uh, People can gather and have tea and just uh, just chat. Several times throughout the week, there are what we call discussion meals, and that's when the whole group of guests will will go to one of our homes and we'll serve a meal that we prepared for them. It's an opportunity to share good food together, to enjoy to enjoy each other, uh, and then there is at, at one point in the meal, one of us will say, "Hey, we're going to have one conversation." and they're going to have a question or an issue they want to raise that we're all going to talk about together. The Brie encourages people to engage with ideas, but it's also during the context of community and Francis Ian Schaefer from the very beginning wanted the Brie to be the Christian faith demonstrated. And so uh, we really lean against abstract ideas that aren't grounded in daily life and daily reality. If, if, if we talk about some important bit of theology, uh, but can't even begin to live it out or show that it's real tangibly, then, um, then it's really suspect. We need to, we need to uh, think about that. So uh, that's one of the unique things about the Brie, and, 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 and something of a mysterious thing that happens to people who come to the Brie is a combination of, of both the engagement ideas but then living together and, uh, and sort of testing out the truth of those ideas. And uh, that's something that certainly uh, one of the ways which God has, has used the brain uniquely, I think. If Ryan takes the time to come to the brain for at least a week, you will get to enter into the weekly rhythm, in addition to the daily rhythm, uh, shared meals, work, study. Two main things that really punctuate our week are times of prayer and teaching and kind of more formal learning. Every Monday morning, every branch of Liberty sets aside time to worship and pray together. And we pray for other branches of Liberty. We pray for um, what's going on in our midst. We pray for the wider world and for, for those who are with us at the time. Another time of prayer in the week 
in early morning prayer, which is optional because it's before breakfast, which is a stretch for some, but on Monday and Wednesday and Friday morning, those who are up for it gather together to start the day with prayer. And then as far as teaching goes, teaching it takes on kind of informal and, and formal um, aspects here. And all of the workers are tutors, so tutorials are a really helpful space for, for you to just have the ear of one of the workers who can um, help make connections and, and also make changes in your study if things aren't really finding traction for you to, to change your course and that's a beautiful freedom that we have as a free. In addition to tutorials, uh, there's kind of three formal times of teaching in the week. Um, for those who are in-house, we do a, what we call it a wild card, and uh, it is that. The workers take it in turn, and you never know what you're going to get. It might be a poetry workshop, it might be a film and a discussion, it might be a mini lecture. Another um, teaching time during the week is called book study. That is often a Bible study, but not always. Um, sometimes we'll take a single book to work through during the term and kind of go at it a chapter a week. Um, and then finally, our Friday night lectures are open to the public. So it's for all of us who are here, but then the wider community as well. Topics can run the gamut from creation care, culture care, and engagement, biblical themes, personal and interpersonal questions like friendship or forgiveness. One of the beautiful things about Hillary is that our teaching, um, our, our corporate learning together happens in the context of homes, real lives, um, and then the real questions that people bring to the table. Um, and so our teaching isn't something that um, is just put out there without space for interaction and engagement, but really uh, a lot of the teaching we do is to, to set up and open up a conversation and a way of thinking together about whatever the topic might be. I think there are gifts that liberty has to offer people that can only be received um, when you come for the whole of a term, which is around two to three months. Especially when it comes to people discerning their questions. People often arrive at the grade thinking, these are the things I really want to work through. These are the things that are kind of at the core of some of the things I'm wondering about and struggling with. It often takes several weeks to discern if those really are your questions. Community is a very popular word right now, and it might seem kind of obvious, but if you come to a for the whole term, you really can have the opportunity to go to a deeper place with people, uh, with your fellow guests who are here at Libri, but also with your tutor, with this staff worker that you get to meet with um, on a weekly basis for about an hour at a time. And of course, if you have one or two of those meetings, that can be a good thing, a beautiful thing that God can use. But if you meet with a worker for, say, 10 times, uh, you have the opportunity to really develop some, some trust and some greater honesty to discuss where you're at, what you're struggling with, what you want to work on, where you need to grow. All kinds of people come to the green. 
Uh, it's certainly not a community just for people in their 20s or people in their 30s. We, we also have people who have just graduated from high school, people who are in the middle of their studies, people who just graduated, um, but then we have people who are retired, uh, people in their midlife who want to take a bit of time aside and uh, think some things through in the context of the community. One of the great gifts of Liberty is a slower pace of life. <laughs> this just takes time to enter into. You can maybe taste this if you come for a short visit, but being here for a whole term really makes room for you to enter this pace. More and more we find that people come to Liberty in need of sort of technological detox. And we do encourage people to relate to their gadgets, to relate to their phones in a different way while they're here, to focus on the face-to-face, human-to-human interactions of living life in the community. And it's not because we're anti-technology or we don't see the benefits of technology, um, but we want to encourage people to slow down and engage with their questions and with other people in a more human way. Yeah, what, what kind of people or creatures come to Liberty? Well, as I said, everyone can welcome to Liberty. If you are in college, if you are retired, if you're an adult, you will welcome to For the last couple of years. <laughs> Our our branch has uh, co-hosted with another house in South Borough at annual holiday art and gift sale. And so the gnome that you saw, um, the children of Labrie pooled their money and purchased a a he and a she gnome (laughs) that have now floated (laughs) appearances around around the house. And uh, so... Um, Ellie was at yeah. that little shoot, and so the all, the children were behind the couch <laughs> when it was being built. Like trying to like disrupt. That kids are a part of the life that that, mm-hmm. that often raises questions for people too. Like, well, could you, I would just add the the only thing that if you would think about uh, English debris or Dutch debris or Swiss debris or other even Brazil or other places South Korea to visit that would be different right away from this. The only thing is maybe the size. Some of them are different sizes, and the details of the week rhythm might be different, the, uh, but the rest very, very across the board. Mm-hmm. Our branch, we can max out at about 18 to 20 <coughs> people, um, so that's the biggest group you would have in Southborough. I don't know what you guys meant. And for us, it, it would be 18 during the week. Mm-hmm. Um, on, on the weekends, we sometimes take it up to 35, but we can't handle that all full-time. But we have that, we have those, that many beds, but mm-hmm. just for sort of weekend uh, mini-conferences, we do once a month or twice a month. Mm-hmm. And it's just three that can have 35 uh, all the time. And English debris, up to 40 all the time. Mm-hmm. And in... Brazil, they have much shorter terms, and in, um, in uh, South Korea as well, much shorter terms and groups. 
Canada, they have longer terms that they can have max. I think ten. Ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they have they have shorter terms. Also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Rochester, the same. Right. I think at the moment just eight <coughs> to ten, um, and they're in. Yeah, they are transitioning. Jack and Allison have moved just to another house, so I think that they're. At the moment, it's still sort of eight. At the if you you can you can always email and or call. It yeah. should be. And if you go to Labrie.org, all of the branches are represented on that link, and then they'll feed into the different branches. So, <coughs> and then you can check each of the yeah. different branches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. An introvert, would they dwell right there? Would they have the chance to get <laughs> their to yeah, good question. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll I'll answer that. Introverts? I'm the half introvert. Amongst us. There's others. Um, there are. There are dozens of us. Um, so I, if you work for Libri, you have had to be a student at Libri, and then you've had to have, be an intern. Um, I think that the daily rhythm of Libri is specifically a gift to introverts. Um, there's quite a lot of space in the day of quiet and study. Um, and, and in my own life, that space involves study, walks, you know, all the properties, regardless of where it is, are in beautiful locations of the world. And so, um, and there's evening things throughout the week that some are required and some aren't, but it's fairly boundaried well and you can always retreat. I will say that for all of us, well Southford in particular, they're dormitory like settings. So the majority of the women stay in a room, the majority of the men. We do have some uh, two rooms for couples. Um, other branches have full on like apartments for families. We don't have that just yet. But, um, but I think actually it is a very for an introvert, it is a very nice thing. Like, I often think, I'd like to go to Libri on <laughs> 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 a vacation. Just me, alone, <laughs> another branch, just because of the time, the way the day is formed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. We do a silent lunch, too, once a week, <clears throat> just to take a break from talking. Uh, during meals, and so there's one lunch where you can read or journal and eat crunchy, loud chips <laughs> and carrots. <laughs> but that's yeah, also designed to help everybody just have a little pause. Mm-hmm. Are a lot of your students like? I mean, I tend to live this way myself, but are a lot of your students kind of like more intellectually minded type people, who are like really philosophical, or are they just? I will say before Joshua and I came to Liberty, mm-hmm. we had the misconception that it was a very heady place exclusively. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's not. Um, I think there's um, there is great depth and um, lots of 
serious conversations to be had and deep thinking, but um, I think one of the great gifts of Libri is is its um, whole person emphasis and and really its uh, relationship to um, all all the vocations. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, uh, I mean, we we had we had a guy at the end of our term who was a self-proclaimed philosopher, and he talked. <laughs> Uh, he talked on a philosophical plane the whole time, and yeah, and then we have people who uh, have worked in trades or um, you know haven't had a college education yet, and so that and that variety I think is one of the beauties of the brief as well that can really um, yield uh, new new horizons in conversation. I think just because when I hear this worship, like their study and all that, and I mean, I love philosophical stuff. I've always had so many like, questions about my own faith, but especially in more recent years, I've realized that that has to be balanced out, and that there's a lot more to that. And I love how Rob was talking about um, the heart this morning, and mm-hmm. just kind of thinking about the disciplines and all that as well, mm-hmm. and, um, which is. I was kind of curious, like, how integrated that aspect was yeah. in that way. Yeah. Everybody's... So, oh, no, you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so if you were to come to Lembree, one of the, th- the first things you would do is sit down with a worker, and we would say, tell us about why you're here. Like, what are some things that you are wanting to do with your time? Um, and some people say, I'm here because... I want to, you know, study the problem of evil, and and then that goes in its own way. And then some people come and say, I don't know, I'm so tired. Um, and then they read Narnia, you know, during their study time. And some people paint. I mean, but there's always connection with the workers and a purpose to what you're doing. But sometimes that purpose looks like ceasing, mm-hmm. <laughs> stopping mm-hmm. from whatever train you've been on to just re you know take inventory inventory of your internal life and thoughts and there are there are more like plenary moments like here where everybody is there for a lecture or everybody's taking part in the same lunch discussion and sometimes that's hit or miss if, if it's at everybody's level I guess just to be honest but and and I would say we do want to push people to think in, in, as an aspect of their study time, but depending on your entry point, you know, whether that's exhaustion or how many, how much time you spent, and it is the entry point's real personal. Yeah. I think it's, and it, it's, it's good that they're all different. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, sometimes real good for somebody who thinks, oh, I'm just a hard person to really be challenged to think through something. And good for the philosophers to slow down and mm-hmm. do something else. You know, I mean, I, that's, that's the fun of the community thing, mm-hmm. too. And like Ben said in the film, the, the work time isn't just a, you know, well, because we got to make sure we're supporting the wholeness of life. It's just, it is life. You know, there, there are things to do. And like you said, it's time to close the book and do something else. And that's, that's great. And, you know, the open nights and the fun nights, and mm-hmm. those are all part of it, too. That's different at a lot of branches. That's a great question. Mm -hmm. In the European branches, 
the all the workers and, and I'm sorry and all the breeze were members of churches and so we go to church on Sunday and I think as far as I know in the European branches they we don't take uh, all our guests to church with us um, mostly because of language problem there wouldn't be always translation or it wouldn't be accessible in England they do take people to the churches with the workers um, most of the time not a language problem in Switzerland they also don't <clears throat> and so what we do as a solution to that is on Sunday mornings we offer a small service um, just for the people in the house strangely in, in the Dutch Libree a lot of local people have started to come to that because they think it's interesting so they come and join but it's very informal and I think in Switzerland it's quite the same so they on camp or on the grounds there's a, a small service in the chapel if, if people want to stay longer and um, they're there for a term or, or maybe a second term certainly if they're Dutch but sometimes English speakers we have hooked them up with a church where they can have a translation and they can want to be involved in the local body I think that's great but that's, uh, that's the exception for at least our branch, but you guys mm-hmm. take them with you, right? Mm-hmm. It's optional, it's optional. Yeah, and but everybody who works at Southboro, we all go to different churches. Mm-hmm. Um, so depending on, like, our family usually leaves for church when breakfast is beginning. <laughs> so we rarely take people with us because you're eating breakfast. But um, yeah, you have the option to say, "Hey, can I catch a ride and go to church with you?" Uh, the only thing required are the meal times on Sundays at our branch. So um, Sunday is another day in the week that's a little more spacious so mm-hmm. that you can have a little bit of um, alone time if need be. Um, but yeah, Sundays uh, also end with high tea, which is um, Sunday dinner. You know, it's like the nice, the really nice meal in the <coughs> week and something pleasant afterwards that we don't discuss um, but it can, you guys have done Legos <laughs> like Lego building competitions um, we yeah sometimes we'll show a film that fits with like we make Italian food and we watch um, Roman Holiday or um, yeah just different things kind of uh, whatever the workers want to do for that night it's a fun night yeah, yeah. so yeah, so. Sunday afternoons, I think, in every branch are free. Yeah, uh, between lunch and dinner yeah, is just yeah. open. Mm-hmm. And at press, we do. It didn't used to be like this, but we changed after about ten years. That if you don't want to go to church anywhere, that's okay. But that has to be a discussion point with your tutor. Mm-hmm. Why? What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And it isn't just sort of like free to. You know, go to Amsterdam and mm-hmm. hang out on Sunday all day. That's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So we do. Uh, we make it a decision. Mm-hmm. A, yeah. a decision. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at our branch, often people have their own cars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They drive because they can, um, and so they go to you know Park Street Church in Boston, or they mm-hmm. go to churches that they have friends and have some connection with. So um, they are free to do that. But they're all, we all go to different churches mm-hmm. in, within our branch, and so um, oftentimes um, they just 
decide to go to another church. There's also a church that you can walk to. Um, it's a local Episcopal church, and the priest is in very hospitable to our students and is very welcoming of Libri students, and he often has them over for a meal. Um, so that has been a really nice thing as well. And for people who have not ever experienced liturgy, it's a very hospitable place to experience uh, uh, liturgical service. You mentioned uh, having your own transportation. How does that work with, um, I guess, for lack of a better word, when are you allowed to get up like in the afternoon if there wasn't anything planned? It was mm-hmm. free time, basically. Can you go to the drugstore or are you allowed to leave mm-hmm. other days besides Sunday? Yeah. Thursdays, are this, everyone's, the student stays off and people just go and mm-hmm. do whatever. And then if there's not anything planned after dinner, you know, people go get ice cream, they go to the pub, they go see a movie. So they're, we're not going to make sure, you know, we're, we're going to check your bed before we go to sleep. <laughs> but we do, we will lock the door. <laughs> that was really bad. How restrictive would that feel? Um, to a person that is unstructured, such as myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we. I mean, we do. We do ask people to exactly. to function in the community rhythms. Yeah. 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 And right. so, um, yeah, right. there you're expected to be at most things in the week and then it's specified what's optional and then where there are sort of windows in between things that's your time if you you know Mm -hmm. where we are we're about you know a two minute drive from the public library so if you're like you know what I actually need to go answer a couple of emails and you can take a half hour and do that or five minutes from a drugstore I need to go you're you're free to to run out and do that Uh, you know you have to be 18 or older you're adults we treat you like adults. But on that same note, that doesn't mean absolute and utter freedom. That means participation in, in what we're doing there. And, right. you know, so, um, yeah, that's how it feels, I think. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, I've been in a few environments, not exactly like that, certainly not for a term time period. But some type things over the years in ministry and study break scenarios or, um, Staying at um, monasteries, that kind of thing, yeah. and it, and they're all different. You know, mm-hmm. Some of them were absolutely there was absolutely no schedule at yeah. all. Yeah, and some of them had a very rigid schedule, and it was just yeah. You know, mm-hmm. And some of the times, some of the tension, if you're an unstructured person, or if you tend to like to have your little mini escapes, mm-hmm. and I don't mean that in a negative way, but mm-hmm. just to get out of the noise or whatever. Um, sometimes staying in that noise is where you need to, to be anyway. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I get that. I'm just yeah. Not worried about yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, people to come and to stay have to be regular functioning adults, and that's part of that is being able to make good decisions. I think we. It's also per per person. You know, if we, you know, and talking. I've had definitely been a tutor of, of guests who I just forbade it that they leave <laughs> for very personal mm-hmm. directed reasons and other ones who I said you need to yeah. go right. do something yeah. on the day off today mm-hmm. you know get, get out. out you know yeah. and so I, I think it probably is fairly personal but it's not a we, we also expect 
during study time, during work time, and during the meals and during the evening programs that people don't leave. Right. Yeah. But there'll be an hour between lunch and work. If you need to run an errand, that's great. It, there's the evenings where there's nothing planned. Go and do, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with the study time hours, what does that look like throughout the week? Does it vary per day? Um, at our branch, which I think is the same with you guys, if I understood right, on Monday mornings is the prayer time. Um, and we, as, as staff, have meetings on Monday mornings. So for for talks, there's not no tutorials that happen on Mondays for us. But the study time, you can skip prayer time and you can, of course, study when workers meet. So study time is the first half of the day for us in our branch. Well, I think every other branch, you can choose or you're assigned, right? The mm-hmm. When you do study time and when you do work time, morning block or afternoon block. But the basic rhythm is that half the day, every day except Thursday and Sunday, you can have for your study time. Okay. And that's three-ish hours total, broken so by a coffee break. So with the study time, um, I guess you'd come there with a topic or mm-hmm. nothing. Um, yeah. But if you have something that's like industry-related in the sphere of influence you find yourself in, mm-hmm. are there materials or resources there to wrestle through how your faith and work? Mm-hmm. Or you heard Ben say there's thousands of lectures on, on available. They're, all the workers have their own libraries, and there's usually a common library of a lot of collected resources. And it won't cover everything. Sure. And people bring their own stuff sometimes too, but. Uh, it, I think 100% I would say you're able to, to put together something that's meaningful and related to what somebody wants to work on mm-hmm. and it may not be awesome and everything but it's sure. definitely related and solid and helpful so if I had like a question about how manufacturing is a um, element of mm-hmm. God's creation there would be Wow. Be- yeah. Between us all, we would find something. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have, I mean. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, <laughs> um, we have a lovely Dutch man who has taken all the lectures from the different branches mm-hmm. and has streamed them into one server for each branch. So we have access to everyone, everyone's material, mm-hmm. each other branch, each of our branches, going back to Schaefer from the beginning. Okay. And so I think there's 8,000 oh, wow. yeah, totally lectures yeah. mm-hmm. at the moment on the server, and that stream, we stream that at, in Southboro. So if you were to come to Southboro, we'd either get you an MP3 player, you can stream it on your phone, although we, we have MP3 players that are old-fashioned um, <laughs> because people don't like we also discourage the distraction of your phone and that can be a huge distraction for people is to have their phone while they listen mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's a good thing I, I, maybe it'd be limited yeah. specifically on mm-hmm. manufacturing yeah. mm-hmm. but to how to set up an idea of what your call what your faith means for your calling in your setting mm-hmm. definitely how design and uh, concrete brick and mortar work is part of a biblical vision, definitely. How you 
your personal in your personal way would want to figure out what's my role in the sphere that I'm having influence definitely so those pieces would add up mm-hmm. but if it would be like right here's a book on calling and manufacturing I don't know if we have yeah. that that's the book you have to write after you, after oh. you have yeah. there is a great book though called shop class as soul craft really yeah. by Michael Crawford oh, yeah. interesting. and we would we yeah. often <laughs> give that no. shop class as, as soul craft by Michael great. Crawford but before you come, you email to say, hey, do you guys have space during these dates? Hmm. You would answer, you know, this is what I think I want to study or some questions that I have. And then, like Michaela said, you would sit down with someone and have that first conversation. What, do you, what are you thinking? Tell me a little bit about yourself. Give me a snapshot. And that becomes kind of a starting point for, okay, let's start with these lectures in this book. And we'll talk again next week, and you know, or we go back to the rest of the team and say, I have no idea what to give this person on manufacturing, and you know, and then we, yeah, we email other branches occasionally. Hey, do you guys have you come across any of these? Mm-hmm. So where we kind of resource amongst ourselves, and then connect you with things. We order things on Prime, get books in fast if we're like really desperate. Which, this is kind of abstract. Well, maybe not, but like which branches tend to get the most diverse students and like culturally, ethnically, language wise, and all that? And then which ones probably the most like localized that tends to have people that are more from the same culture and region? Like, and just like, what does that look like? I don't know. I wouldn't know. I would say maybe Brazil and South Korea are much more uh, people from Brazil and South Korea. Yeah. There are a few Westerners that go to those branches, but it's, you're definitely a minority. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't know. Otherwise, I think I think at most branches there's always a handful of North yeah. Americans, and that can go to um, a majority and in England and in Switzerland, I know. But and just given the size of the Swisslibri, that it's the largest branch, you, the more people you have, the more diverse it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's sort of hard to gauge, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. But, oh, go ahead. Oh. Nope. <laughs> and I kind of wondered, how did, how did you guys get branches in more non-Western environments like South Korea and Brazil? That's a great question. Oh, I, yeah. It's mm-hmm. like um, you'd be surprised mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how similar things are. Mm-hmm. We've a few years ago, um, at, we have an annual meeting where <clears throat> people from all the branches who have been in the work longer and have a bit more responsibility for the work come together for a few days. And uh, a few, like I don't know, five years ago, someone did a presentation on millennials at that meeting and our our man in Brazil was just like sleeping and I was like he he said no we don't have this this is like I don't even know what this is about two years later 
they had a conference and he wanted the speaker to come and talk about millennials because they would come out of nowhere and it was like <laughs> overwhelming the culture and uh, and in South Korea one of the the more famous lectures there given by the founder of the Korean branch is how Christianity turned my worldview upside down and it's one that's published and republished all the time in Korea and, and his point is it's not a western gospel it's a it's, it's true, came from a cradle between West and East, even geographically, and it applies here in a way that we need. So it, it probably, there will be different tension points, and you'd have to find people from those branches to ask them. But some, just to say, some of the idea problems and some of the social contexts aren't as different as you imagine. No. Brazil's more urban, mm. right? Yeah. Directly urban. Uh, less now, but they had been. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. As a setting, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, and no, it's out in the, it's the town now, near Lake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what would be different factors to consider when choosing which branch? Well, South was the coolest, first of all. But yeah, <laughs> we have the really. best food. <laughs> this could be true. We do have a reputation yeah. for our. Our, our good cooking. Sarah upped our game quite a lot. I think that's a really personal question. You know, mm-hmm. um, Are you interested in traveling in addition to spending time at the branch? Um, you know, have you been outside of, uh, I don't know where you're from, are you from Nashville? You know, this area, what do you want to see? You know, I think because we're all we've all been deeply formed by by Labrie, working at Labrie, Labrie Ideas. Um, I wouldn't say you need to... It's not like applying to grad school where you're like, find a professor you want to work with and go to that person. It's not like that. Um, so I wouldn't say like, go, go expecting to like talk to this one tutor. I would say, do you want to be... Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I think size would be a yeah. big, a big one. Yeah. You know, size do I want to be in a smaller, yeah, one? And then, yeah, the time, the amount of time you want to take. Certainly, travel costs would. Yeah, and so I just to mention about the grad school analogy. I heard Dick and Marty speak at a conference, um, and my dad had become a Christian through Schaefer, and so. I wanted to go to the South Row branch because I wanted to talk to Dick and Marty. Um, and then I ended up marrying your son <laughs> and staying. Um, that wasn't the point that I was going to go there with, but that was the byproduct. So there was also, I wanted to have a much longer conversation um, about what I, what I was studying, and there was and I had heard both of them speak at a conference, and I wanted to continue that conversation. Mm-hmm. So I went to Southborough to do that. So that is, that is also a factor in some way of like, if you hear something that you're like, I want to continue this conversation, mm-hmm. um, that does happen as well. Things we've heard, of differences maybe we, we aren't always so aware of, but guests who've been to different branches can tell quick some differences and size is definitely one mm-hmm. that the amount you know if you want to be in Switzerland with 35 people the, the richness and the variety of that and the, the social 
dynamic of that appeals, or you think that's what I need as a challenge, then that's definitely a factor. And then in Canada, the group will be smaller and the term will be shorter. So that focus can be a little more intense, even in a smaller group, um, or can be a way to get your space a little more, either one. The, um, but sometimes you can look at how big is the team. We've heard some people say, like in Switzerland at the moment, the team isn't as big, and, but there are a lot of guests. So a lot of the Libri experience is what you learn from your fellow guests. And uh, in other branches, there can be more workers. You might see the workers more. You might have contact with them a little more. And that can also be a factor in what people are, when they look back, you know, reflect on their time. Mm-hmm. Um, most, I think most people find it helpful to get away from home. What, if you think about the day, the week, and the term, if something about getting away from home um, helps often to sort of shake off normal patterns and let yourself be a bit, you know, ruffled and make decisions again. Who am I going to be here? Nobody looking over my shoulder and no birthday parties to attend and, you know, that kind of thing. Church won't see me on Sunday every week. And um, I think that's been really important for some people. And sometimes that means being in another culture or just being you know, a few states away. But that's, you know, I think sometimes distance can be helpful mm-hmm. depending on what you're thinking about. And if people are kind of waiting to see how, how you're changing and how it's doing, being far away can kind of help mm-hmm. that sometimes, mm-hmm. that distance, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you get a lot of people like going through midlife, midlife crises kind of thing? Do you have, uh, or maybe like, to a degree less of that. Like, with my situation, I don't know if I could actually come because of wife and kids and things like that. So is that possible to make that happen, I guess, um, even if it's for a week or having a family? Yeah. We have a pastor who spends two weeks every January with us, hmm. and he comes sort of as a routine for two weeks in January. He also came this summer with his wife, which is wonderful, but he... He takes those two weeks as sort of just like a regroup annual trip. So is, is that your question? Like, can you come for a week and it'd be fine? Or can you bring your kids? Or Both. Uh, the yeah. other question is kind of like, you know, if I went for a week, would I get, like, the full experience and things like that? Like, is it, I guess, is it worth it, you know? My time is going to become a lot of Yeah. In the same life I'm at right now, so... Mm-hmm. Like in the future, maybe going for a term makes sense, you know, when I'm older and my kids are grown up and things like that. But right now, you know, mm-hmm. you can't do it. So. Yeah, a lot of it probably is really up to your setting mm-hmm. also. I mean, for a parent or a spouse to be able to get away for a block, whether it's a week or a month, um, can be more focused, mm-hmm. of course, mm-hmm. than bringing your whole family. Mm-hmm. At the same time, sometimes that's the only way to make it work, to have everybody come, and we, we, the branches will do their best to, to figure that out with you, mm-hmm. how, you know, which parents on kind of kid do you or not, or how that works, or how that can look. Um, we have an apartment at our branch mm-hmm. where it happens a lot, where families come, and they sort of trade off duties and 
uh, are not always as a whole family at the discussion meals and different kinds of things. That, that there's a way to work it out. Mm-hmm. But I think more often, it's, I've seen it be more helpful if they come alone, just because they can focus and sort of shed some of the daily responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And not that that's a more pure way of being, but it does allow a bit more space for it, more than you might think to happen in a week mm-hmm. sometimes. Well, just being here now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you'd have to decide just as far yeah. as resources and money and all that kind of thing. Is it worth it? But mm-hmm. a, a week can be good if you if you're grown up enough and you know what you're there for yeah. and, and you simplify the way you've arrived. Absolutely, you can mm-hmm. get a lot out of it. Yeah. yeah. We often have people who are staff workers for different Christian organizations come for three days. Mm-hmm. And they use that time really wisely, and it's it is like a resetting mm-hmm. and a realignment of of their time and space, and they're just thinking. So I I think for some people they can come for four days, and it is life changing. Um, I think as as a parent, I can see how that in four days to be given time and space to do that. I look back and I think, what did I do as a student? I had so much time. (laughs) If I had four days to myself to study, like, all the things I would do. But I do think four days or a week is enough for some people if you are focused and, like, this is the time I have. And I think you understand the value of your time more Mm -hmm. when you don't have any. <laughs> yeah, I will say, you know, uh, if you come for a short visit, you you will get one meeting with a worker. Mm-hmm. You might get a second. Sometimes when we have a person there for a short visit, we try to, you know, get a little bit more. You're not going to see someone every day. Mm-hmm. You don't sort of, yeah. We're all we all kind of are running our family schedules and lives along with Labrie and so we have some flexibility but you know so depending on your expectations too for amount of talk time with a worker would be something to just I think have expectations on the table up front so that you know the branch could say actually we can't meet that during this time or you know so we kind of like call and talk to people and kind of hash that out before I would potentially come and yeah. kind of mm-hmm. make sure we're clear on what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, uh, like like anything, um, what you expect of it uh, will will color what you can receive mm-hmm. from Libri too, and there will always be expectations that aren't met, <laughs> and but that can be deeply instructive too, mm-hmm. and. But yeah, I think it's always helpful to try and clarify in your own mind, what do I expect from a time like this? And it helps us to know when people are like, this is what I'm expecting, and then we can say, we actually can't do that. We can do this, <laughs> and and God can do amazing things that we don't know, you know, but that's helpful to whatever degree we can kind of clarify some of those things up front. Yeah. Is there a policy on these these things? Yep. And? Ours is posted on our website. We have a media and technology policy. The basic basic, uh, guideline is leave it in your room. 
treat your phone as a phone while you're there. So, of course, you can make phone calls in, and step away from the group when that's happening um, rather than, you know, like at tea time, which is informal, it's optional, but if you're there, be there. Don't be there on your phone while others are talking. So, yeah, it's a bit of just cell phone etiquette, I think. Um, other branch, it's different in every branch mm-hmm. on this because everybody's catching up and making decisions as they need on it. The, in the English branch, they're really strict. Mm-hmm. There's no phones except on, there's a phone zone, I think, mm-hmm. in one part of the hall and outside, like smokers. So it's like, uh, <laughs> it's like, and, and they're strict on the time of day. At our branch, we don't have open uh, Wi-Fi, so people have to have their own subscription to something else if they do. And even then, um, we don't... Uh, th- there's a pretty high amount of social control, and if people pull out their phones at coffee time, it's okay if you're showing some pictures or you just want to add to the conversation because of a YouTube clip, fine, but... You start scrolling through Instagram or doing your own thing, you're like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not allowed during meals, um, lectures, and more formal mm-hmm. events, prayer yeah. times, that kind of thing. At the Swiss Library, they take all your media and they oh, lock it right. up <clears throat> and they give it back to you on Thursdays. So, laptops, iPads, phones, to whatever control people are willing to give them, mm-hmm. up, they take them. None of the branches have Wi Fi. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I think the English library has a computer that you can check your email that's open at a specific time. Um, there's a public library, like within a mile of South Road, that people can go and check. I mean, everybody can check their email these days on their telephones, but we really try to have it be a phone and not be something that is in a pen. We do actually, yeah. we actually do set the Wi-Fi on on Sundays and Thursdays. Open, open network, yeah, because we're out in a uh, faraway location and uh, and don't mind. And sometimes sneaky guests get in there and figure out how to turn yeah. it on during the night and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have we're yeah. 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 Oh, at the Dutch Library, uh-huh. are most of the people there also fluent in English where you can have interaction with everybody, or is it? That's a great question. No, the. Um, we always have a mix of languages. Okay. So, but the the Dutch culture is is very okay. a- anglicized. I guess you could say all kids take uh, Dutch are taking English at school. They don't sub, uh, they don't dub any of the TV. It's all subtitled, and so n- nearly every Dutch person under the age of forty speaks fluent English, no problem. You can live in Holland for years without learning a word of Dutch, no problem, and. So we didn't feel culturally it's um, anything disrespectful or incongruous to do everything in English at Dutch Libri. So we did. It's all English all day. Mm-hmm. And except, you know, if a Dutch person comes, I'll have a tutorial with them in Dutch. Or when we have these mini conferences on weekends, we do the lectures in Dutch. And they're translated into English. Unless we take a vote sometimes. Everyone says, yeah, English is fine. Then it all goes into English. Um, we have a separate public lecture circuit and film nights in another location for the open Dutch public and that's all in Dutch. But English is the lingua franca at Libri in our black branch. Yeah. Good question though.
do all of the um, workers such as you guys are tutors or full-time staff do you guys all live at your branches like in the main house where the guests are or do some staff have separate homes or how's that work uh, at Southboro, there's two uh, two homes. The the big house, which is what you saw there, this big old colonial, um, has two families. The Chestnuts, our family, and the Friedrichs, Dave and Anna, and their boys. So our our families have apartments on the wings of the house, and then the guests stay in kind of the middle of the house, our dorming rooms and a couple of uh, private rooms. And then Ben and Nikayla and their family and Mary Frances live in another house that's on on the same property. It's just up the hill, and so you have meals at their house, but sleep at the other house. And then there's a little cabin um, that is Dick's cabin, um, but Dick and Marty live offsite now, and they're mostly retired, but still involved. Um, you guys. Full-time right work there. in, in mm-hmm. Levy means you live on the property, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There, there are handfuls of exceptions here and there, mm-hmm. but that's general. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. you live there and you're part of the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But each family has their own like, yeah. distinct boundary of right. home <coughs> and students. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you have to be with kids and... Mm-hmm. And sanity. I have to exercise, not that I really enjoy it, but um, it's one of those things I really need to do. And so what I'm looking at, I'm saying, well, you could do walking there. Mm-hmm. That would be pretty much it. Or jogging, I wouldn't do that, but I would walk. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. You can yeah, we have a three-mile loop mm-hmm. by our house. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do we still have exercise back in the basement? Yeah, there is an exercise back in the basement. The basement isn't lovely to hang out in, but um, people bring a yoga mat and stretch or do exercises in a corner. We've had we've had guys join the gym, <laughs> the true. YMCA. Mm-hmm. Yep, if they're there for the whole term and they have a vehicle, um, the, the Y way. is like you know 10, 15 minute drive, and so. Yeah, they go early, early, go work out at the gym. Okay, so mm-hmm. that would be that only time to do that during the week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you could take mm-hmm. a walk, you know, if you wanted to yeah. take a walk, you could go after lunch mm-hmm. or in the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've had people bring exercise videos, and they do them in the morning before anybody gets up uh, mm-hmm. in the library. But, you know, we also, like, are coming in and, starting the fires and you know there's not like a private place where you could exercise but you could, mm-hmm. we wouldn't mind if people wanted to mm-hmm. do an aerobics video in that library it does to be people take walks or run mm-hmm. in the morning before breakfast they do it uh, instead of a coffee break they do it in an hour after lunch mm-hmm. do it in the evenings and or depending on you know if you know okay my walking is because I am still thinking but I don't want to sit I, I don't mind working it into study time if it has a deliberate goal mm-hmm. and combines it with a movement and exercise but mm-hmm. I don't think it should be a big problem that's uh, mm-hmm. there, yeah it should be mm-hmm. yeah um, how remote are a lot of your branches and like which one's probably the most remote and like most difficult to get to 
You, you're looking for a severe experience. I don't know which one's yeah. the most remote. Uh, I, I, don't, I mean, they're difficult to get difficult to. Difficult to get Swiss to. Well, Swiss Labrie, or even Canadian Labrie, because you have to take a flight, and then yeah. you have to take a ferry, and then you, I mean, that. you fly into Victoria. Oh, yeah, you can fly into Victoria yeah. now. But, but it's in a town with, you know, Dominoes is 10 yeah, in a row, so it's, right. it's not You're like, not like uh, <laughs> in the sticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, while I was looking into Canadian Labrie, because I'm from California, that's hmm. Yeah. None of them are particularly difficult to get to. I mean, the whole point was that people would find us. Um, that's the hope. So there's, I mean, we have public transportation. I mean, I think Holland is very easy to get to. I think all it the takes time, but yeah, it's yeah. clear. Yeah, it's I, very it's, clear. I think every debris is within an hour. Of, Within definitely within half an hour of a town, and within an hour, hour and a half of a big, bigger city. Mm-hmm. So that's I think mm-hmm. usually how it goes. Mm-hmm. Southboro, our branch is ten minutes from the commuter rail into Boston. So like we can pick you up at that train station if you're taking the train, you know, going airport to the train, and then uh, town. Cool. You mentioned the. Uh, Several times we've mentioned Swiss Labrie on their website or about that property. I I remember reading something about um, you're limited to two showers per week. It just stood out funny to me because I mentioned it to my wife and she like freaked out. (laughs) So uh, I was just totally random, but is that a hot water issue or is that something built in to that? Location for some reason. It's a water issue. It's a water issue. Not hot, but just water issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's tough and it's true. And and Swiss Libri has extra costs also yeah. per guest that they really have to be careful yeah. with resources. They they pay a five franc per day per person tourist talk tax right. uh, to the local municipality and yeah. No that's that's just a it's just trying to be frugal with the resources. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, if you've been out mowing the lawn and you stink, it's like, yeah, too bad, three days more. But it, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's more just being a, mindful of it, resources. That's right, yeah. 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 Is, that, is that kind of exclusive to the Swiss branch? The water rule, I think. I don't know. Do you guys have a water rule? We don't have a water rule, no. But I know that English debris turns their hot water off at certain times of the day and... They're not going to, you know, you don't get, like, your quarters to, like, have hot water. I think it's just being mindful of the resources of, like, this costs a lot of money. We let people shower every day. But I have had a recent conversation with a guest in which I said, you may not take 40-minute showers. Yes. Um, So, yeah, and five Five to ten minutes. You know. yeah. It is a shared yeah. resource. Yeah. Amongst, yeah. You're also your hogging the bathroom. And no there yeah. <laughs> yeah. One thing in our branch we have had also talks about on that on this level was laundry because mm-hmm. we if you stay a longer time, your laundry is done as part of the work time and it's mm-hmm. washed and hung. And the people who, you know, sort of wear a pair of jeans in the morning and put it in the laundry at lunch and have another outfit for the afternoon and expect that all to be washed and clean the next day, no, that isn't how it's going to work either. But, yeah, that, that's... Um, yeah, I think it said on one of the... I don't know if it was software or not, it said expected two to three-day turnaround 
from when you put your laundry in the that's yeah. very average. Have that. Yeah, right. yeah. we right. hang all of our laundry just for cost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it has to dry. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's got to dry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Speaking of cost, um, <laughs> for like 20 years, give or take a couple of seasons, either part or all of my income through nonprofits or churches have been a support raise type thing. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious. Is that how you guys individually support yourselves, or how's that? How's that work? Not specific, just in general. Mm -hmm. How do y'all? Um, sure. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is uh, mm -hmm. probably the main thing to do is on Monday mornings at the prayer meeting is pray that it will be a supported work, and it's been a one of the sort of pillars of how things were set up from the beginning by the Shapers that uh, they wouldn't spend time and energy on fundraising and do that because first of all the time and the energy and is spent on it um, would be not something they wanted to do but more specifically behind that they really wanted to be convinced in their own hearts and also as a testimony that this is something God wants to happen mm -hmm. and trust at a high level that God would be motivating people to give to support the work and that it is a financially supported ministry that isn't covered at all by the amount of fees we ask for people to yeah, save. Yeah, so, right. <clears throat> and it doesn't mean you don't tell what the needs are and it doesn't mean that right. you don't also say we don't fundraise which can could even be seen as its own kind of fundraising. But um, we pray that it will be supported mm -hmm. and have sometimes monthly stress about that mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. see that things are not getting done and that salaries can be uh, can be shaved on and cut and even cut and um, yeah it's it's a bit of a of a month to month existence sometimes mm -hmm. and again not, not to kind of give that a high spiritual badge or anything but it does it does reinforce a sense of dependence on God for the work in a very different way than a fundraiser does but it's a very similar dependence mm -hmm. like you would know so there might be churches or individuals that, that felt led to do that mm -hmm. yeah there but, are yeah mm -hmm. but there's right but there's not an active um, quarterly support newsletter that goes out or anything like that. No. We send prayer letters out and right. are frank about things that we, we need to have done or wish could be done or that kind of thing. But it's uh, yeah. it, it isn't a it isn't a campaign yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The I mean through the life of the Shapers there's a group of people called the Praying Family. Mm -hmm. Um and they I mean Mrs. Shaver there's a book you know, books of her letters to the praying family. Um each branch has something of the equivalent and these are people who have said, I want to be notified if there's a specific need or if you're looking at closing down or yeah. well, you know, whatever it is. If you have a ten thousand dollar boiler bill, which mm -hmm. we we had that. And they said we we know that you're not asking for money, but we we don't know if you there's a need until right. you ask or until you let us know. So um, I think on our praying family list, 
over the course of the last 25 years, there's probably 200 people on that list. Um, and we do send monthly letters to them and just as an act of like, here are specific things we want prayer for. Mm -hmm. Here are the needs of our branch, but also just it's slightly more personal of like the needs of our families and the needs of right. what, you know, what's going on. So, um, I, so I um, do a lot of the financial end of the branch. A lot of those people are people who give regularly just right. as, mm -hmm. you know, as they're tithing. So it's not just people who are like, oh, I want to come in and be the closer and like make right. this deal happen. Right. That's not what it's like. They're much more just like, we want to walk with you in this. And they're very much part of the larger Libri family that actually enables the work to happen. Right. And most of those people we don't know, which is an amazing gift to be able to say that there's 200 people that pray for us. We have never met them. And every Monday they join with us in prayer for the lives of us and for our students. Mm -hmm. And it really does help have a sense of the fact that we are a family of God and these people care about the work that we are doing even if we don't know them. Right. Right. So it is a um, 501 c three, right? It is. They're okay. all nonprofits. Somebody yeah. that does want to give can get a tax. Absolutely, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and we're all nonprofits. All all the branches and the laws are a bit different in every country, but they're all charities. Yeah. Yeah. I would think that you'd have a great amount of people that come through that as they age or are in a position to <coughs> want to be that on that list. Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah. yeah, I think it just sort of it grows and it yeah. changes and yeah. But you're right, and we love that. Yeah. That when somebody leaves and says, "Wow, you know." Just this past week, guy left, and he'd stayed for a week, and he was paying, and he's like, and I'm going to add an amount because this house needs a lick of paint. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> you know, and I, that, that too, it's great. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, the, the idea isn't just an abstract faith principle either. It also encourages the the giving to be really relational like mm -hmm. that and mm -hmm. that, that's, that blesses everybody yeah. so mm -hmm. that's a part of it too and it, I mean the whole demonstration thing of praying for the re I mean we we the Libri is a life of demonstration so if this is a need mm -hmm. and we pray for this and then it's answered it's also an amazing thing for that for the students to be like, mm -hmm. we prayed for $10,000 and in the mail there was $10,000. Mm -hmm. I mean, that has happened so many times mm -hmm. in the life of the Southboro branch, which just, I mean, $10,000 is just sort of the random number, but that has happened several times. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we are facing pay cuts and, you know, somebody leaves a lot of cash in our mailbox, you know, people we don't know, uh, people that don't necessarily know that we have a need, but, you know, um, so I think it is just an amazing thing to have that be a witness to ourselves and a reminder that what we do is real <laughs> and who we serve is real, but also to this, the skeptics who are like, eh, does prayer really matter? Mm -hmm. Does it make any, like, it doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. um, so, but it is, I think, one of the reasons why I have stayed 
at Lumbree and as a Christian, it's like this is to me a dependent, a dependence on God that I don't think I would see yeah. in other areas of life. And so right. it has been just a gift to me to be able to say, right. you see me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you see my need. And then just even in the personal lives of our families, when needs are provided for, uh, <coughs> that that is, has been an amazing thing too. I mean, the story of Southboro, how Southboro started is, I think, a woman from New England, her daughter went to Swiss Lumbree and was so changed by it that this woman, Mrs. Phillips, ended up buying the Southboro property and the Rochester property and building the house that we live in. And um, that... Most of the branches have that have bare properties and houses that can be traced back to a, a tiny handful of donors that helped make that happen. That's true. And it was because of an, an experience they had in, in a branch or with a worker and thought, hey, this is worth continuing or expanding. Yeah. Okay, the dormitories, the beds, what Twin size. Twin size. Some have mattresses. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 They're different. It, yeah. all, and all the branches are different. I, yeah. And that changes regularly because yeah. we get. And so I like, I like good sleep, and sometimes the mattress can make a difference. Sure. So do people ever bring their own mattress? No, no, but mattress pads, mattress yeah. toppers. We have full-on mattresses. <laughs> they're like a real mattress. Okay, bo- they're they're real mattress. Because they're not dorm mattresses. No, they're well, not. No, yeah. They're, we have a set of bunk beds, but the majority of them, you have your own dresser, you have your own bed. Um, we're not going to make anybody sleep on a bunk bed who doesn't want to sleep on a bunk bed. <laughs> or isn't, yeah. Or isn't, yeah. yeah. Accepting of that reality. Yeah. <laughs> well, as I age, I get more disruptive. Yeah. yeah. That's a very healthy thing. I, mm-hmm. I've never had anybody bring their own mattress, but I think it would be fine if it fit the frame. I wouldn't be against that. People well, bring their own pillows these days. Yeah. So we've got a little Nissan Sentra, and I, I've done that before. Okay. There's one mattress in there. It's like, it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We gotta watch the time. I think yeah. if people have lunch appointments, but maybe if there's one more, there. Yeah. Uh, but do you know if you guys are thinking of doing this in Nashville again next year? Was this the first time I've done this? You would need to talk to Rob. I think Rob Wheeler. Wheeler. Rob Wheeler. Wheeler. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think they would love to see if that could happen, but this was uh, this event was kind of just to try and see how it turn out. And but there's not a lot of these in other cities, right? There's always a conference in Rochester, Minnesota in February, um, which is a great deal. You can fly to Rochester, Minnesota in the winter for sometimes $100 because <laughs> nobody wants to go to St. Paul in February. That is a standing conference every year. That always happens. Jock McGregor, who's here right now, he organizes that conference. Um, It's usually the second weekend in February. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, around there. But it's it's easy to find Mm -hmm. if you want to know more about it. But they, I think, uh, other conferences happen kind of ad hoc. There isn't another regular one. But it's been it's been a long time since they 
have happen more regularly in the U.S., but mm -hmm. depends on who's interested. So this isn't something you guys would normally do on your break weeks, or you know, no. you're not flying to regular. We didn't organize this at all. We yeah. just showed up. So there has to be sort of an organizational committee outside of us because we don't have the time to do that. Yes, there is. It's a repeat. Good point. Of, yeah. Sort of the right. repeat that one does have some regularity too. Yeah, but if you'd want it to happen, tell the wheelers. Yeah. <laughs> the more support he knows and feels, yeah. the yeah. more likely that is to happen. Yeah, did you want to have one? Yeah, it might be too long of a question, but I'll go ahead and ask anyway. Um, what's kind of maybe the differences and similarities to like a monastery or a monastic kind of living library versus like if you're a monk somewhere, for instance? I've never been a monk, so I'm not sure I can answer that question. Uh, Dick said in his opening remarks, it's sometimes hard to place the brief. And when people call, they're like, well, are you like a retreat? Are you a school? Are you more like a monastery? And all, all those are available. So those are the categories people are asking about. You could go stay. I think the main difference with the monastery we've noticed, and, and sometimes I say, I think you would rather go to a monastery than be here, mm -hmm. is in a monastery, you're whole day is much more self-directed. Mm -hmm. There are moments of organized prayer or the collects or the liturgies that you can attend or not, but most of the day you're either intending to be in silence or you're running your own show. Uh, and we have some space for that, but also really want you to take part in communal things and interactive things during the day that that's one major difference mm -hmm. you're not just going to have a solitary time mm -hmm. at the group the other main difference is that in the monastery the the emphasis of nearly everything is is quite directly devotional most of the time and in the group there's a lot of other required moments that aren't directly devotional like singing praying uh, directed spiritual silence there's you know, um, lectures and discussions about other topics and, mm -hmm. and other kinds of things. So it's not just a religiously directive, you know, uh, filling of your daily schedule. So but I think those two things would be different. There is kind of like an element of livery, a strong element of like a, a monastic kind of lifestyle, would you say? Compared to another retreat, yeah. The there's rhythm. a rule, there's the rhythm. a work rhythm, work and prayer. Yeah, yeah, you could call it a rule if yeah. you want. Mm -hmm. But so participation, you you can't come to Libri and not participate right. with other people. I mean, discussion, dialogue, that's all required. Yeah, I've stayed in two monasteries for short periods of time. To me, the big difference from what you're describing would be that mm -hmm. participating activities mm -hmm. and then uh, the communal aspect. If you're in a monastery, you can kind of choose to not speak to an, another person for a week if you want to. Mm -hmm. You can... You can isolate yourself, but if that's your detriment, then that's not good. Mm Father God, we thank you uh, for the work of Libri and for um, your sustaining power and presence with us. I pray that each of these people um, would meet you in new and fresh ways as they interact with the information from the conference, but also as they go home this afternoon. Um, we lift this work up to you, giving you thanks and gratitude for the work you have done. And we do ask that you would bless um, what we have heard and root it deep down inside of us. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for listening. 
For more information and updates about future conferences, sign up at nashvillelibreconference.com. Special thanks to the Rabbit Room Podcast Network for their know-how and hosting of this podcast. You can find their podcast network at rabbitroom.com. And a special thank you to my friend, Drew Miller, for providing the podcast music. You can find more about his upcoming albums, Desolation and Consolation, through his website, drewmillersongs.com.